0: Hey guys, welcome back to Front Wing Damage, FWD. This episode will be brought to you by Aditya Swaminathan and Siddharth Atmaram.
1: Hey guys, so obviously the US Grand Prix brought us an amazing fight between Max and Lewis and that's our first topic for the day. You know, the two championship heavyweights going at each other you know, no holds bar racing. And that was um that was we could see that from the right from the start. You know, Lewis absolutely getting this launch perfect and using that inside line to his full advantage. And uh obviously Max I knew if Max if Lu- Lu- if Max saw Lewis having a better start, he's gonna go ultra defensive, and that's what he did. He gave Lewis absolutely no room, like he was just the, on the edge of like what's considered you know to be a penalty on and not. So I think. I mean, yeah, this is what you'd love to see, right? Like, the on-edge racing. And yeah, I think that was a that was a very feisty start. Something that we all expected.
0: And uh, I, I think one more thing that, um, you know, uh, is feared amongst F1 fans this year at least is the number of crashes the two drivers have had. So, the way yeah. Max mm. defended against Lewis into Turn 1 was a little scary because I thought they would come together again. Uh, it was yeah, a little yeah, I mean, too aggressive but again uh, but again uh, as I was saying a fun fact about um, the race start is that um, in the first clutch release when you right lights you uh, know off the lights it was actually Verstappen who had the better start but then in the second clutch release after about 120 metres when you release the clutch again it is then which uh, Lewis had his let's say lunge or, uh, or you know he went ahead more so I mean that's just a fact and um, it is just the only thing that I'm at least afraid when they line up one-two in any grid is the fact that they're gonna to come together now on any race coming up ahead. Yeah.
1: So Yeah, everyone everyone's like Yeah, I mean we've seen two high profile incidents and you know things exactly. can get ugly between them. Yeah, they they're not particularly known to be kind to each other on track. But at the same time, we've seen instances where they race pretty clean, and yeah, I think I mean whatever is gonna happen in the next five races is gonna be absolutely amazing. But okay, yeah, moving on from lap one, of course, Lewis gets uh, Lewis, you know, really attacks uh, Max and you know gets the lead of the race. But then Max, to my surprise, he didn't really he didn't fall behind that one point five second gap. He was within, you know, a second, you know, that eight. He was eight tenths behind uh, uh, Hamilton up until the up until the first pit stop, which is which was pretty interesting for me because you know we all know how these F1 cars they how they cannot follow uh, that closely for that long a period. So the, it shows that Max really had the pace and he was really aggressive on the first tent. You know I think those tires you know uh, they they were pushed to the absolute edge on the first tent. Uh, yeah, and I think even Hamilton really had to push himself. But then uh, but the, for him, pushing would be much easier because he's in clean air. And, you know, with clean air, what it means is uh, you're not influenced by the air coming off another cars. So the air is not a it is uh, is obviously not turbulent or, you know, affected by the aerodynamics of another car. And B, it is actually cooler because the engine temps do not affect the air. So, the so the, the, this kind of air re- like really helps the tyre maintain pressure and temperature and wear. So, I think for Hamilton, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe he could have had a little more pace. But then, Max being so close to Hamilton and so quick, it was, yeah, definitely something to see.
0: Exactly. It was very interesting to watch. And uh, then, yeah, then suddenly, huh? suddenly I just see, what is this? My, he's inside the pits. Oh, I mean, yeah, so then we realized that, yeah, Red Bull are trying to trigger the undercut. Because we know, I mean, at least from what I've watched, quota, the undercut is one of the most powerful words in quota um, yeah. back in 2018 yeah. and 2017. Lewis um, tried to undercut Kimi in 2018 and Sebastian in 2017. So I think, um, you know, Red Bull took notes from Mercedes itself and undercut them. Um, on you know very early very early it's like a super undercut and yeah and then I think what could have been what Mercedes could have done is two things one they could have just reacted and bringing him in the very next lap uh, after Red Bull had called in Verstappen but it was a very unusual and abnormal pit stop so that was not gonna happen but then what happened was they pit Hamilton seven laps after Verstappen so where everything went wrong for Hamilton is that each lap of Verstappen's, okay so Verstappen had fresh tyres and Hamilton was older tyres so each lap that Verstappen was on the fresher set of tyres he was cutting down or gaining an advantage of nearly 1.2 seconds per lap so stretch that up to nearly 7 laps he was nearly up by 7.5 seconds 7.6 seconds after Lewis Pitt and came out on track so after Lewis Pitt they had something called a target plus six So, target plus 6, plus 7. That is 7 laps after uh, Verstappen uh, pit. And uh, Verstappen was 7.6. He was gone. He was just gone. But, thing is that Lewis had um, tyres which are 7 laps younger. So, it was up to him to do hammer time or whatever time he calls it. And absolutely gun for it. Um, You know, try to close down that 7.6, which he eventually did. But, we'll get to that later. But, it was, I think... um, uh, I would say, a mountain, uh, not just anything, but a pretty mountain for loose to climb, to cut down that deficit of 7.6 seconds, um, in you know in a track like Quota where we know that hard tires have three stages. First stage is where it's perfectly fine, you know, you you you'll be able to give fastest sector after fastest sector after fastest sector, but then there's this slump of about three four laps where your tyres are absolutely dead. It's just dead rubber on top, which gives you absolutely no grip. And then again comes that set of fresh rubber, which is decent, not grey, but decent. So what Lewis did was, he, was gu- he knew that he had only some time left on where those hards would be amazing. So absolutely went for it. And that's where he got the fastest lap and absolutely went for it. And then there was a slight period where, as I said, dead rubber, is when he kind of plateaued a little in terms of his um, charge against Verstappen. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's where uh, more or less the race was decided that, yes, Verstappen would continue to be hired.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, the biggest thing about Mercedes' strategy, you know, you're saying you know, putting him uh, seven laps later would mean he'd have seven laps younger tyres. I think they really overestimated the pace of the, on, on the younger tyres because you could see, you know, ha- Hamilton would catch up, but uh, by the time he caught up, it was the second stint, like, Max was already in the pits and, you know, Hamilton... Hamilton couldn't follow Max into the pits. That's just a stupid thing to do, but... Uh, so, I think they really, really over, like overestimated the... And underestimated
0: uh, Red Bull's pace, I guess. I don't know. I mean
1: i don't think they underestimated red bull's pace they just uh, overestimated they they just thought the, the the younger tires would give about a second a lap advantage and you know really underestimated the wear you know traffic positioning and all because we saw both drivers being hampered by blue flags you know at, at in, during in the first sector the last sector we i think mercedes really underestimated the circumstances of the race and i think that's why they lost you know in terms of strategy that's why they lost they really thought it would be like a Barcelona yeah, situation I where I think Hamilton was charged through.
0: They were a little too cocky on how I wouldn't say cocky, but like you said, uh, uh, over Yeah, exactly. They just thought you know, the, Verstappen would just absolutely plunge into that uh, uh, that uh, struggling yeah. of hard tires and everything, which he,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> if exactly. nothing according to me, he was doing better than Hamilton. But anyways.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh So I mean, yeah. Uh,
1: One more thing I would like to point out uh, is uh, after obviously Max Pit and Lewis did for the next seven laps. You know, Max was on the radio saying, "Can Perez pit to lure out Hamilton," which I would I would I would like to point out that you know you look at the mentality of uh, Max. You know, he he knows. He he wants he like he's so desperate to win he'd do anything like he wouldn't mind risking his teammate and I'm not saying that's a bad thing I'm not saying that's a good thing either but just look at the mentality I mean this guy wants it this guy wants to be the champion and and that's 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 a very important uh, nature and uh, Max and that it could be a deciding factor come Abu Dhabi
0: yeah exactly and then eventually uh, he crosses the finish line and uh, yeah it was Verstappen who Know was the was the champion that day? Um, not that was the championship. I mean, he he won it and mm-hmm. uh, has. He came out on top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He stretched his lead out to near to twelve points now, which if you see yeah. how close the championship it has been, although people may say yes, within two races if Lewis wins two races continuously, he's back on top, but looking at how close the championship is, I have a strange yeah. feeling that this championship has been decided with quota. Where Verstappen is one and Hamilton
1: second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I mean, like,
0: you know, uh, here's one thing. Else no, 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 someone I just, else told me this. Someone no, else
1: told me this. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. As I was saying, someone else told me this. You know, KOTA, Kota has decided titles before. It Could decide a title here because if you remember, twenty twelve, uh, think uh, Seb finished second and that kept him alive.
0: Exactly. Yes. 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 Uh, and obviously, twenty fifteen.
1: Oh, obviously, yeah. Obviously, we got. But then back then, KOTA was much closer to the finale. But then, you have, again, 2015, you see Rosberg spinning out, you know, that decided the title there. And, you know, I just think, uh, when when I think about it, yes, Kota is such an important race. And not just Somehow in terms of points, very important in terms race. of
0: how the car performs as well. Because, I exactly, just want to break Exactly, I was going to come to, to that. I just have one point yeah. to
1: out, yeah. Yeah, because Kota is such a track where, you know, the, basically, it's a track with all kinds of corners, you know, that long straight. Uh, long straights and, uh, you know, tight corners, technical sections. Bangalore roads. So by the time... Huh? <laughs> yeah, it's bumpy. <laughs> it's, it's a bumpy track. So, uh, so, yeah. You know, so, as we're saying, by the time you come to the season when quota is like, it's the last part of the season, that's when you know how far you've developed your car. Exactly. And that, and, it and gives that's a where I feel. That's where I'm, giving, I'm
0: getting the clear-cut feeling that it is Red Bull are... By far the best car, and it's Mercedes who are playing catch up and second best.
1: Yeah, but yeah, but I wouldn't. Okay, uh, the thing about Mercedes is they, they, you know that they have pace in the locker. They're just not able to get the tires right. You know what I mean? look at analyze the one lap pace. Analyze when they when they get it right, they are supreme. But there's a lot of times that they get it wrong. And and no,
0: that's this is where my point comes in. Now, as we all know, before we came to Kota, everybody was saying, uh, I mean, even including me, uh, this is Mercedes track. Mercedes will do brilliant on this. Okay, so yeah. uh, Mercedes would be absolutely, you know, dominant here. Mm-hmm. And yes, FP1 they were great because I watched all, all all sessions. FP1 they were great. The car just seemed to be sticking onto the road. But as we moved on, I just feel, you know, Red Bull have been on top in every single circuit that way. They've collected better data. They've developed their car better. And one, again, interesting fact that, um, at at least according to my observation and uh, what I've read, is that Red Bull and from FP2 and FP3, why they started doing better is because they stiffened the rear wing. They just, you know, thought, you know, screw everything. Let's just stiffen the rear wing because how bumpy the track is. So I just felt, you know, I've lost hope for Mercedes in a way. They were meant to be the, the absolute I, mm. you know, the way they did FP1, I thought it would be, who knows, even a 1-3 for Mercedes where Bottas would actually come back. But it just seems like their pace is absolutely gone um, in terms of the expectations that they had. So, uh, again, <laughs> the same could be said for the next race that is Mexico. Where Red Bull who could be dom, mm-hmm. dominant, are expected to be dominant, and it could be Mercedes who are dominant. Yeah. So, but all I'm saying yeah. is, I just exactly. feel Mercedes are on the back foot in every conceivable way possible right now, uh, and I think this just gives <laughs> that powerful feeling to Verstappen for him to continue yeah, and win yeah. the championship from
1: here on. the The funny thing is. When we say back foot, we don't mean something like five tenths off like Ferrari were. We mean a, the, the fine margins of being a couple of tenths off here and there. It's not even that much, you know. Uh, that's how fine margins this championship is, you know. Sick. We, we only have 13 points to split these two, the top two. It's insane. And yeah, like I was saying, this is by far the one of the most tightest championships I've seen. And it's crazy to show you two tenths is a lot. Two tens, like in 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 this in context of Red Bull versus Mercedes, is a lot. And uh, getting into Red Bull v Mercedes again, uh, I was surprised Bottas couldn't, you know, gain positions. I really thought in the f- driving form he's in, he I I expected a top four or a podium for him, you Same. know really. Uh, That's
0: why I said no. I thought it'd be I Mercedes one know. three, but then it just seemed like exactly in
1: every single way possible. No, regardless. Yeah, no, regardless. I yeah. I didn't, I didn't even take FP1 into account. I knew I knew going into the weekend, I was expecting a double podium for Mercedes. But good on Perez, you know, to stick out to that podium. Yeah. And I don't know what went wrong with Bottas' drive. By the way, for just for the I listeners, really Bottas
0: is, is the one yeah. who won before Verstappen. He's the previous winner at uh, the Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. So, he, he is good yeah, around exactly. this track. 2018-2, he did really well. So, so, I don't know, again, very surprising about him. He finished, what, 6th? Yeah, he finished sixth. Sixth, yeah. Which is very disappointing. Which, which is very shit.
1: I mean, that first stint that first hint was... He uh, was stuck behind Sunoda, man. <laughs> Come on. Uh, which actually, you Which know, is right stuff. Yeah, stuck.
0: exactly. Which leads up to our next point about how Tsunoda has been developing as a driver.
1: So, Yuki Tsunoda, let's take a look at his season. You know, we've kind of overlooked uh, the, the Japanese rookie. Uh, in our podcast, and I think let's let's start off with obviously this race in ninth wait, position. Wait 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 wait. Before we it... move on, I yeah. have an
0: interesting fact yeah. which I'm sure you know. Yuki Tsunoda's driver uh, coach yeah, the on. past three races has been Alex Albon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Yuki Sunoda has yeah. been absolutely fantastic the past three races. Which shows that probably Albon yeah. has created so, a change. I mean, the way he defended against Hamilton and everything. Seems like there's been
1: a change. The, yeah, okay. I I did not... Wait. I did not know Albon was his driver coach. I mean, is that a thing in F1? Do you need a driver coach or do you listen to your engineer? I'm not quite sure. But if if it's true, if what you're saying is true... Well, it's a it's a definitely interesting dynamic. Obviously he won't have that next year because he'd be racing alongside Albon. But nonetheless, that's an that's an interesting thing if it's true. But it is yeah, true. It coming is true. back he to this. You know, that's that's not that's not bad. I mean F1 an F1 driver I mean, a driving coach is driver coach is pretty weird because they're an F1 driver, they usually listen to that engineer. But yeah, there's a pretty interest that's pretty interesting. But yeah okay coming back to topic you know ninth position in in the US grand prix uh brilliant i mean he showed consistent good pace i mean he wasn't stand out he never made the risky moves and oh whatever uh because he just he just couldn't catch up to the drivers ahead you know they were a bit too quick you know the ferraris and the mclarens but he was the, he was the Bro, r- getting, right I'm up there and the best in the, the mid he's going to be
0: some defensive or something later in the future because bro, he's defended against (laughs) Hamilton and Bottas. And I mean, I don't know, man, it just speaks volumes about him.
1: True, true, true. And you know, actually, he's been kind of matching up to Gasly's performances. He's only on a lap, he's what two tenths off Gasly, and Gasly is so settled into their car. Mm, he's growing into he's he's growing into the the alpha tauri seat which is what i expected him i didn't expect him to be like quick right off the bat but he's grown into that seat very well and for 2022 he could be a one to watch you know i mean we've all been talking about how like disappointing yuki has been you know he's not lived to the hype but then, for me, the hype was never there because I watched F2 last year and I really didn't see Yuki be that standout. I mean, fourth place in your first year in F2 is fantastic. But was he going to set the world alight in F1? I, I really didn't think so. But to, get, to have grown into the way he has now and I think his confidence is, you know, he's building and that's all you need for your first season in F1. And watch out for him next year. I, I really think he could, be a, he could be a dark horse in the midfield. McLaren versus Ferrari uh, the, the the championship the constructors battle that's been going on all season long and you know a, and in circuit of the Americas in USA we've had one of the most interesting versions of this fight you know they all lined up together on the grid you know p4 uh, to p7 i believe was all uh, the Ferraris and the McLarens in lap one. Oh boy, lap one was absolutely brilliant. You know Ricciardo's moves. You know signs defending. Lando Norris trying to lunge in, but damn, that, was, that was, was a fantastic first lap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was that was a fantastic first lap. You want to take us through that?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, you had uh, Carlos in uh, P5. Uh, Daniel uh, Ricciardo in uh, sixth and. Uh... Uh, Lando in seventh, um, and then so back on the back straight of uh, Kota, you have this I don't know what kind of pace those McLarens had. This is jumped signs, and uh, Ricciardo is the first one to attack. He attacked signs, went on the right side of signs. Uh, Lando Norris thought you know, okay, you know, I can I can try to do something along, you know, I can try to do. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and,
0: and and by the way, the the next turn is a left hander. So, it's a very deep breaking left-hander. So, Lando Norris tries to do a cheeky and dives bomb, like a proper dive bomb, Signs, uh, But almost takes out his teammate and goes off the track. But then comes on the track, to yeah. then battle Ricciardo, who also lost out to Sainz after that turn. And then Ricciardo bested Sainz, I mean bested uh, Norris, and again went after Sainz again. Who again had a tussle against each other. And that's when Ricciardo overtook Sainz. Uh Sainz then came under okay. fire from uh, uh, Lando Norris. <laughs> it was it was absolute mayhem. I, it was very confusing, yeah. and uh, and then pushed him off exactly. the track, and uh, very cheeky stuff happened.
1: Yeah, and you know Leclerc using his, you obviously started yeah. P four. He used this track position to maximum advantage, and you know just sprinted away from the the, the yeah, he had a and, very you know, gainful advantage. Yeah, lonely race. I mean, I think it was for yeah, the exactly. best. He gained the maximum points. He gained, he gained the most points he could, and yeah, you know, that was that's all he needed. And if I mean, coming to because you see, uh, if he fell back into the you know, uh, what do you say the the fight between you know the Norris, uh, Signs and Lando fight, he would have been under pressure from Bottas for sure. And you don't want that. You don't want, I mean, you, you obviously don't want that. And uh, obviously, it's it's a bit, you know... Uh, I mean, who was overtaken by Bottas? Uh, this, right? uh,
0: this guy. What's his name? Sainz.
1: Sainz was... Yeah, exactly. So, Sainz lost out to Bottas. Which was... Which is kind of unfortunate for Ferrari. But right now, w- what's the points deficit between uh,
0: McLaren no, and I'll the maths, Ma- i tell you. Before uh, they came, yeah. McLaren were... Uh, half a point upon on, uh, no, sorry, two and a half points up on Ferrari.
1: Okay, right now, the, the, the gap is 3.5 exactly, points. Exactly, yeah,
0: then they stretched Hits it up the, by one point.
1: It's, okay. yeah, it's that tight, okay. It's that tight. 3.5 points in a driver's championship is tight. But then in a constructors championship where both the drivers earn points for the team, 3.5 is, is, just, is just so close. It's like a hairline. And oh boy, we're going to see an epic fight for third place in the championship. Along with, you know, the first, top two in the championships. We have two great constructive battles going on. Yeah, exactly. Very exciting, you know. Uh, why is third place important? Uh, because you get more money from it. And obviously, why wouldn't you want to finish ahead of your rival? That was a very historic rivalry like McLaren and Ferrari. You know, two very... And, you know, and a rivalry that I feel over the decades.
0: could extend to you know, probably winning the Drivers' World Championship next year it as well. Who knows?
1: Yes, I do. I do think in the next decade, we're going to see the same McLaren v Ferrari, you know, uh, rivalry which is going to be absolutely nostalgic and absolutely amazing. But yeah, I think overall in the race, uh, obviously these four drivers, you know, split apart and uh, in a way, Ricciardo, I feel Ricciardo was the best driver in that but that's not a discredit Charlotte club who is very consistent, very silent, but Ricciardo with his moves and aggression really you know impressed me. He's now firmly confident, you know, opposite to what we've seen in the start of the season. Ricciardo's just... Uh, remember in the start of the season like in Monaco, he was just not... He was just not feeling it, man. And... To see him, you know, change completely, you know, the win obviously helped him. And now he settled into the in McLaren and 2022 is going to be big for him. You know, another driver to look out for next year. He's he's now settled into that McLaren and I think McLaren's the right team for him. And
0: yeah, I just and have in a terms of the car, mean, In terms know. of the car
1: dynamics... Yeah, yeah go, ahead,
0: go, ahead, go ahead, Yeah, finish.
1: Yeah, in terms of car dynamics and, you know, driving style, McLaren's the perfect fit. And yeah, but I it's mean... It's going to be mayhem
0: next year, man. You have... Obviously, I mean, I don't know about Red yeah. Bull doing well since they're literally throwing all their eggs in one basket in 2021. So, I don't know about how competitive they'd be this year. I mean, in 2022. But, M- Mercedes, Mercedes versus
1: McLaren is, yeah. versus
0: Ferrari. And I have a strange feeling versus Aston Martin too.
1: Martin, yeah, exactly. And don't discredit uh, Alfa Tauri. Alpha Tau- Alpine. I could, uh, the whole grid is going to be bunched up. And we could be in for some fireworks. You're going to be key. I think this is going to be a recurring theme in our podcast. Is the tease of the 2022 season. I can't wait for pre-season next month. Exactly, It's going to be wild. February, March, that's when, you know, I know, boys, the hype for the 2020 thing, though, 2022 season. Do you remember again, how it, shit
0: Red Bull became after 2013? From being literally
1: Yeah, the new regulations. Yeah, and. But that was, that was, yeah, but that was because the But, but I'm just saying, the whole this philosophy uh, of the current And that's
0: when they really yeah, lost true. their mojo and i think the same yeah. could happen because it is a fact that they put
1: no i do not i don't see it because the engine remains the same but i think in terms of chassis and aerodynamic development red bull is one of the true. best and they have Adrian Newey and we all true. know how but good still Adrian love Newey this is thing, you know
0: the, if the, if they actually again uh, go back to the grid
1: yeah drop back is going to be very it's going to be very embarrassing yeah, very embarrassing. And Max could yeah. be
0: looking out of Red Bull. So, who knows? I don't. know. I mean, we're speculating a little too much. Let's get back onto the main topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Our I mean, main topic is McLaren versus Ferrari. Uh, Why do you see this champion Why do you see this battle ending? Like, who do you think looking will come out on top? Looking
0: at the way Ferrari have developed, um, I don't know. I just have a feeling they have they're going to be on the upper end because we have this one really brilliant fellow in Leclerc and this one one more beast in okay. uh, science. So. I don't know, I just feel the Ferrari yeah. is going to be a bit... Since, you know, since their uh, engine upgrade in Turkey, Turkey. <laughs> I just feel they're yeah. going to they're the better car overall. But I wouldn't discount Lando Norris and Ricciardo yet. Because we could just literally see all the signs yeah. did go back a little. Look at how far ahead Leclerc was. He wasn't even... He was catching yeah. up to Perez. Leave alone, he exactly. caught up Ricciardo. Yeah. So,
1: exactly. That's why I was going to come... Yeah, I was going to come to that uh, when, you know... I agree with you that Leclerc has been a class apart. You know, He's been putting silent shifts in. He's putting... I And you don't see it because, obviously, it's, it's a silent shift. You know, he's not involved in any battles or anything. But the pace has been outstanding from Charles. And in a way, okay, in a way, to compare these two driver pairings, is uh, McLaren has a lot more flair. Like, they, they excel in situations where that require close racing and, you know, raw pace. But in terms of, like, the, a longer stint and, you know, a more calculated strategic battle I think that's where Charles Leclerc and I think Charles Leclerc and Science come into their own there and that's their strength you know the calculated moves you know not being too aggressive you know waiting out to pit at the right time to take care of the tyres all that I think that, that's Ferrari's key strength and let's see if they play along to that uh, next season with the way they develop their car. And I'm not saying that they're not good in one-lap pace. Ferrari are good, but they've not been as quite as good as McLaren, though. So let's see if how how they develop their cars for next year. Will they pay, play to the strengths or not? I mean, I, I think that's why it's all to be w- gained, right? Like, if you play to your strengths, you're going to gain a lot, you know? So we have two different philosophies, I would say. And I think Ferrari would would have it this year. Let's see next year, though. when When the grid is much tighter... Let's see if the flair of Norris and Ricciardo come through. On to our next topic. That is driver of the day. You know, we have, I think we have a lot of great lists. You know, Max, Lewis. But that, that, those are the obvious choices for sure. You know, Perez as well, to a good extent. He was pretty good. Leclerc. We've, we've, we've spoken about Leclerc. Yeah, Yuki Tsunoda. But then, I think, but I think, I think, uh, think Zedat can, uh, yeah, lead on with this one, uh, with, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, this ahead, is, this is where I feel, feel uh, the
0: whole fan system really screwed up in their driver of the day voting. So, we had this crazy comeback from Carlos uh, Science in Turkey, and he got driver of the day. He came from 19th to 8th, okay. He got driver of the day in the yeah. third best car on the grid. Mind it, third best car on the grid. Anyways, then, yeah. <laughs> then we have this one strange, this one, this one fellow, he came up from some, out of nowhere in one green car, he came up and did one madness today, huh?
1: yesterday,
0: <laughs> I mean, not today,
1: yesterday, Yeah. and uh, what is it? Yeah, technically today, because, technically today, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. we saw Exactly, this. exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay. True, yeah true, 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 true.
1: Don't wanna <laughs> That's such a lame thing to say. It's what okay. It's I okay. Okay, go on. Go uh, on. It is just.
0: I mean, okay. If you don't understand who I'm saying, it's Sebastian Vettel who I'm talking about. He, um, absolutely blitzed the grid, according to me. Um, he started from eighteenth and finished in tenth. Uh, in the third best car on the uh, in third best third worst car on the grid. Um, and I don't know. It just. His drive was just a class apart, according to me. He, he also followed the steps of Lewis, uh, took it longer than him, by three laps longer than Lewis and uh, maintained those mediums, um, nursed them, absolutely nursed them, negotiated the bumps and uh, what I, at least according to me, was his standout, was the braking lines he chose were a lot better than the others. His mid-throttle application really made him, I think, accelerate better than the rest. And his overtake on Russell. I mean, what the hell was that, bro? That's 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 a madness. And if he does that next year with a good Aston Martin, <laughs> uh, 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 yes. Uh, so yeah. at least P five in the. I mean,
1: but wait, wait. Before I mean, who uh, got voted uh, driver of the day by uh, the fans? R- Max. Uh. Max, yeah, right. But then, I really think Vettel's drive was underrated, you know. Third worst car by far. And we all know how bad the Aston Martin can be, you know, following another car. If you want, I mean, obviously, Lance Stroll got tagged. But in a way, you could see the pace was kind of comparable to Lance Stroll. Except in the last stint. La- the, la- the last two stints of Vettel was Some supreme. You know. He did pit. Game, uh, yeah, he, he was really quick. You know, he went up to 8th place before pitting for the last time. And, you know, usually in that situation, you see, we've seen a lot of times, you know, battle just not being able to catch up to the guys in front. But he managed to pass Giovinazzi. He was catching up to Raikkonen and would have passed him, but obviously Raikkonen spun and that's what made him get, you know, that value. And he was what?
0: He was only a second and behind, he, uh, not even a second, seven-tenths behind Sunoda. So, another lap, Sunoda yeah. would have be been, uh, you know, gobbled up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, and... I think, in a way, Vettel's... I mean, Vettel's aggression through the first lap and, you know, the battles... I think he's, hes hes like, mentally preparing himself for the battles that he'll face in 2022 when that grid's all tight and when he'll have to throw himself against the likes of Alonso, when he'll have to go toe-to-toe with a great racer like Gasly or the likes of Leclerc and, and whatnot, you know, you're gonna have to get wheel-to-wheel and uh, Vettel's vastly improved the season in in, in that and, aspect.
0: Um... One, I wouldn't say sad, but scary news is that uh, when he was doing an interview for, I think, uh, I forgot which press, uh, but he was doing an interview and they asked, will you stay for 2023? He said he doesn't know. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: he said he doesn't know yet. And uh, uh, depending on how I, mean, I asked to do next year, he'll f- be thinking about 2023. And I think it is very logical. Yeah. If they continue to be the same that they yeah. are right now, I think it's... I mean there's no use of it's doing it along while continuing enough. to stay in the sport. Yeah. Just go home and live yeah. life,
1: I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he likes his home life, so but yeah, I mean battle's solid. You know, after a while we've seen a good performance, you know, that dismal Turkey. Dismal Turkey. He's redeemed himself. But let's see, the consistency has to stay and for I mean this is far from the battle of the past, but he's got to reinvent himself some way and let's see, I think it's all about 2022, that's where the, the and he'll know that for him, the he'll know that as well, for him, for him 2022 is a big year, you know, to like re, re-stamp himself as one of the best drivers on the grid.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel that probably next year, if he fights for P5, at least in the championship, things could change, but anyways, let's move on. Yeah, I mean, um, just for the new fans out there, um, we just probably want to educate. Now, I wouldn't say educate, educate is too far. Uh, make you aware, aware, yeah, aware of the the facts and uh, schedules and terms and certain tools and everything that is used in Formula One. And I guess today, I would, I mean, we would just uh, talk about the weekend structure. So the weekend starts on Friday. That's for FP one. Uh, usually um, at around 2 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, you have FP2, same Friday itself. FP3 is on Saturday, uh, four hours before qualifying.
1: What is FP? Wait, 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 wait. What does FP stand for? Sorry to interrupt you like this. Free practice. Free practice. So free practice is like... One hour of the cars just going around, and usually in FP1, you will see a lot of sensors being attached onto the car, you know, to just read the air, air flow around the uh, car and to measure aerodynamics and stuff. So you see FP1 a is lot of cars. it's just FP free know, practice? Data free practice one and
0: two is where just drivers get a get a feel of the track yeah. and how they're reacting Team. with the car. Engineers yeah. get collect data. Uh, drivers try yeah. different configurations. So, the various configurations could be medium tyres with uh, heavy fuel load, that is for your race configuration. Um, Some could be medium tyre with low fuel conservation to see how the car reacts when during the last stages of the race. Uh, That is FP1, FP2. Usually what happens in FP3 is um, uh, they put on the soft tyres with uh, low fuel load to create a setup for the qualifying. So you see they experiment a lot. FP1, FP2, they also use yeah. up softs because so how it works is throughout the race weekend, uh, drivers are given two sets of hards, uh, five sets of uh, mediums, and eight sets of softs. So they use uh, quite a few of these during free practice to collect data, to do different configurations, to do different scenarios, and yeah, and then that leads up to the qualifying and race, and then qualifying and the race, as we all know how it works. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, qualifying obviously split into Q1, Q2, exactly. Q3, Q1 eliminates the bottom 5, Another Q2, five. then then we are left with the top 15, Q2 eliminates the bottom 5 of the top 15, Q3 is a top 10, yeah. shootout, and whoever gets number 1 in uh, the top pole. 10 gets pole position yeah. for, yeah, pole position for the race, and yeah, the race is a 300 kilometer race, and yeah, we all know how it works, so I think that's just the weekend format explained.
0: Okay, probably a fun fact for those who have just joined or probably listening for a year, I mean, watching for a year, is um, Aditya, do you know the famous Kimi thing where uh, is the drink connected? Is, is it connected or not? Is it connected? Yeah. So, for those of you who probably don't understand what he's talking about, is that F1 drivers, okay, so it's grueling conditions, it's very hot, and it's very physically tasking. So, to get the fluids going through your body, F1 drivers have a a water kit behind their seat and a pipe connects it directly to their mouth through the helmet. So yeah, so F1 drivers drink water. They press a
1: button on the steering wheel. Yeah, so they Uh, press a button on the steering wheel and water will get pumped into their mouth. And that's how it works. So So, yeah, that's an interesting fact. So drivers can drink water. Sometimes a drink uh, fails and you can't drink water throughout which is incredibly tough conditions. And another thing is, sometimes the, the, the pipe bursts, so there's water all over your suit. The thing is, in high G-force conditions, these, the water becomes hard, and it hurts. And, and a lot of times, the drivers ha- have to endure that. And that's just the... Yeah, exactly. That's a, just That just shows you how extreme this uh, sport is. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we would love to know what you guys want to know more about, whether that be the history of F1 or whether that be, you know, technical, small technical rules, uh, maybe about aerodynamics, uh, all that stuff. uh, uh, Make sure you DM us on Instagram for that one. And yeah, I think we'd love to uh, teach you guys more about uh, Formula 1. So, guys, I think we've reached the checkered flag to the podcast. Hopefully, you guys like that one. You know, sorry we've not been active on Instagram. Been caught up with too much work. I mean, it's a miracle that we're even recording this episode. You know? But, yeah. Uh, ex- exactly. Big. <laughs> Do prayers every day. Pray to us. <laughs> yeah. But jokes apart yeah we're, we're looking back to get, like to be active on instagram again and yeah again thank you for the support do share the podcast uh hopefully we grow by the end of the season and yeah we've got yeah we, we i'd like to say we got content planned but we really don't know that's why your feedback would be appreciated but yeah see you guys on the next one ciao